Way to begin. Journey of IVF during COVID. I didn't know how to start my blog. I didn't know what to type or write. So I decided let's do a podcast and see how far this goes. <laughs> Tomorrow is the day we test if after the two week wait. For those of you who don't know, if you do the full fertility treatment, you start off with injections um, immediately when you get your period. Um, you take a course of various medications, injections. Um, so you basically stab yourself, or you get your husband to stab you in the stomach or in the abdomen. abdomen um, for the period, for your period. And then after that, um, after your period, you'll continue some injections and they'll keep on checking the growth of your um, eggs. Um, I had only one ovary working, so only one ovary was producing eggs. Um, as soon as you reach that point in your ovulation period, they actually start giving you um, they give you an injection like two days, three days before you have to go for the egg extraction, which stops you from ovulating. Um, just a side note, if there are any men listening to this one day, the common questions that get asked is, can you have intercourse during this time? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And trust me, your wife wants to ask this question, um, but she won't because it's expected probably of her to be all emotional and all about the baby and all about the, the IVF process and not be interested. Um, I think that there are some women that will be interested and therefore always go with her to these appointments. Like, I saw women coming into the facility by themselves, getting the injections by themselves. Um, and I just don't understand. Like, we don't live in a patriarchy anymore. Okay, maybe we do in some instances. But, damn, if there are still people going through life where men think having babies is the women's job, like... Damn, I don't even want to know. <laughs> anyway, back to my story. Um, then once you do the egg extraction, it's actually like a 15-minute little procedure slash, slash operation because you actually go under anesthesia during this time. <clears throat> they then, um, and, you have, and you have to obviously bring the sperm sample with as well. And then... In, they make an embryo with with your eggs and your um, sperm sample and um, they watch it grow 
for you and they give you updates for the next five days about um, how it's multiplied the cells multiplied and eventually how many embryos you you, you got at um, you got out of it so um, an average woman can produce up to 14 probably like 20 eggs um, in one cycle I produced four or five um, this is not different to 2019 um, but the better news this time was that we got three healthy embryos out of it one really like five aa grade uh, embryo and that is the embryo that my doctor used um, for implantation so while you are uh, waiting for implantation and you're waiting for the um, embryos to grow they give you these um, vaginal gels um, full of progesterone and again I'm bringing up the intercourse thing here again because relationships between men and women are both physical and emotional and you cannot deny the two yes you are here for each other in partners go with each other to the to the appointments um, talk to each other about each other's feelings um, but the physical aspect cannot be not be there um, I think I will also Take this opportunity to touch base on the fact that during this time my body swelled i gained like three to four kilos of like water retention during the time the part where you're taking the injections to help you um, produce eggs healthy eggs i was so self-conscious and because i had just come off a period where i had um, lost 20 kilos uh, i cried and my husband didn't really understand why I was so emotional about it. So husbands, partners, whoever you are, um, just be there. Just make them f do what you always do. Do all the sexy, kinky things that you always do. Make them feel, f be flirty. Make them feel beautiful. Um, and they will make comments like, yeah, right, I'm swollen. Yeah, right, I'm fat. You know what? Don't get irritated, grin and bear it, because that's your part in this journey. Um, so play your role. Her body's doing everything else. <laughs> um, okay, so back to implantation. Um, yeah, so then while you're doing the implantation, or waiting for implantation, you are still taking these um, progesterone gel, uh, vaginal gels, and um, yeah, Sex is not really on your to-do list. I wanted to, but like, it just didn't happen, you know. Um, then after implantation, as well, they say there, there really isn't anything wrong with having sex during this time, but you're still on the vaginal gels. Um, so yeah, it, it, it really doesn't happen either. And you're so stressed out and so worried and um, you're like so scared that something's going to go wrong. You try to keep a normal routine. Like I tried to do yoga and then I got these severe cramps that felt like um, period cramps. And gosh, it was terrifying i thought i was miscarrying the embryo or if you know what i mean it's not really a miscarriage because it wasn't a pregnancy but i thought the em embryo was not implanting and that was 
the case. I was so stressed out. I was crying the entire day. Um, eventually, I got myself onto Google, and they said that they, you know this could be implementation cramp, implantation cramps, or it could be nothing. Um, I eventually emailed my doctor, and he was like, he's not worried. Um, I shouldn't worry. So I was like, okay, I'm a rational person. He's not worried. Trust the medical professional and not Dr. Google, and we're going to go with this, and regardless of what it was. So we, I had pain quite a bit during um, the first few days. Um, no idea what it was. Um, still don't. <laughs> Hoping for the best, so sure. Um, and then my mom got COVID. <laughs> my niece got COVID, and my mom, who lived, my mom then also contracted COVID. My mom lives with us. My world just shattered at this point. Um, this was my biggest fear when COVID hit. My mom has asthma, so it was just not what I wanted for her. I didn't want her to suffer. Um, so that level of fear, anxiety hit, and I and with all the hormones that I have, it coursing through my body, I lost it. I haven't lost it like that in a long while. And I, the last time I lost it was probably because when I had my uh, previous IVF in 2019, <laughs> or when I was having a heart breakdown in 2020. Anyway, that's just, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, I lost it. I felt like I was... I felt like the baby was gone. I felt like I should just give up and stop praying, stop wishing, stop hoping. I, I felt hopeless. I felt like there was no hope anymore. There was no, there was nothing left. And it was just a disaster. It was one of my lowest points. Um, and I wish I was stronger. But I do know I was also full of hormones. And I do know my body um, was doing its best up until then to hold it together. So I lost it and then slowly gathered myself, uh, focused on my mom. COVID hitting her, really not that great. Monitoring of oxygen. I have to quarantine for my mom. I can't serve her. I can't take care of her. I've got to worry about me and getting infected. This did not sit well with my conscience, and um, I did what I could. It was making the food or whatever it is to help my husband to the serving and to serve her mom, praying, praying, and praying much as I could whatever it is that I needed to do I was doing it except being in contact with her and except serving her so while I was waiting for in my two-week wait my mom got COVID our house is on lockdown I'm guilty for worrying about the pregnancy test. No mom has COVID. I feel like a terrible person for worrying about that. 
when I should be worried about my mom during this time. It is what it is, I guess. And that's it for my first episode on IVF through COVID. Thanks for listening. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Okay, this is like my fifth attempt trying to do a podcast. Um, I have tried so many um, ways to cancel the background noise. I'm wearing active noise cancelling headsets and unfortunately the noise from my neighbors are still coming through on the headset. I do apologize for the background noise um, but hopefully inshallah uh, we can have a good chat. Um, well it's a little bit of a monologue um, but inshallah one day we'll, we'll, we'll expand um, this podcast to to be more open and, and, and have a platform. Um, this is secretly um, always been um, something that I would want to do. I always feel that uh, my opinions are not necessarily that the opinions of um, the larger group, and I've always just kept them to myself. Um, and Allah knows best. Uh, but inshallah, I hope that you know someone benefits from this. Hope someone listens to this and they benefit from this. Um, and I hope Allah Taala grants you. Um, is in whatever difficulty that you are going through um yeah and what a difficult and challenging time that we are going through right now in south africa um we are in our third wave we are in our lockdown level four um delta variant is spreading across the country and um taking no prisoners okay it's really there are janazas funerals daily um within you know Muslim community and all in all the communities of south africa my colleagues um, up in Johannesburg um, are, you know, it's just rough out there. It's just rough. I think psychologically we are all going to need some time to process um, once, uh, you know, things calm down. I'm not going to say things go back to normal because what the heck is normal even um, after this? So alhamdulillah, um, the last time I, I did a podcast, I was in my two-week wait. Um, I revealed that my mom had gone in COVID. Um, so it's been it's been challenging, alhamdulillah. Um, one of the things that I want to do here is without revealing my identity and without revealing who my family is or my friends are, I do want to share very truthfully um, my journey. Um, whatever it is and whatever that may be because we don't do that often enough um, in the Islamic classes that I attend even we you know we talk about the solution we talk about how people got through or came through the challenges that they face um, but no one ever really talks about the raw feelings of how they felt during that time and just how um, they just don't unapologetically speak about the savageness of grief or um you know just the they, they only speak about the, the the good things or the nice things and you know no offense to them um when i was going through this last week and a half i i just wanted to hear the truth i wanted to hear 
the parts of when you got up from your musla, you didn't feel better. Um, that when you recited Quran, you weren't connected. And that you felt like crap because of it. But that is how you felt. And how you navigated through that mess and then came out to, you know, feeling better and um, success, alhamdulillah. But to know that, you know, the rawness of that loss and that the rawness of that feeling of just com being completely lost um, on this dunya um, and feeling disconnected, you know, I am almost like wishing people would share that more. And I know it's embarrassing and I know you don't want to. I mean, even now that I'm I'm telling you this, like my heart beats a little bit faster because like, oh my gosh, are people going to judge me? I don't even know who I am, but I'm, I'm worried that you are going to judge me. But bismillah. So what happened after the last podcast? Um, a few days later, um, on the the Friday was meant to be my um, my blood test for um, my ACG levels. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's uh, basically the hormone, the pregnancy hormone, and you basically test that to see if, you, if your IVF was successful. The Thursday morning, I started bleeding. Yeah. Um. I can't tell you that I broke down. I can tell you that I lost it um, because I I feel like I'm someone that's quite intuitive and quite um, connected to their body. Um, so I knew that this felt like a period. It felt like period cramps. It looked like period blood. It was not spotting. I read up on what implantation bleeding is. Everyone kept on telling me it's implantation bleeding. Um, I just got really annoyed with that by the way um, not their fault my fault my emotions my anger my bilious nature coming out but i i started grieving then already um the doctor says you know you can't say anything if, you know it might be implantation bleeding but it also could be a period um went for the test got a 17 level hcg um which is not negative but it's also not positive negative is like below 15 i got 17. Guys, at this point, I was just like, okay, just tell me it didn't work so I can start my grieving process and I can move on with my life, right? Well, I don't know if it's move on with your life, but um, it's definitely <laughs> uh, it's definitely a situation of um, just you wanted to, to, to like, rip the band-aid off and, and, and I just know the truth, I think, if I'm describing myself properly. Um, but I had to wait until the Monday for another test, um, for another HCG test. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> My period increased. It started flowing like a normal period flow and I... <sighs> Guys, I... I can't tell you how I felt because I was a mess. I didn't even know what my emotions were doing. Um, I was just absolutely a mess. Um, in the beginning, I was very connected. I was very like calling onto Allah Ta'ala, calling onto Al-Halik, um, calling Al-Wadud, calling Al-Latif, calling Al-Jabbar. 
just calling all the names that I knew. Um, eventually, though, I just started being very hopeless, very lost. My husband and I, we argued during this time as well. I mean, like, you'd think that you'd be grieving together, but those emotions, that um, anger, that frustration that you're feeling, you don't know where to direct that to. And I can tell you for sure, you're going to direct it at each other. So be strong, couples that are out there. Be strong. This is a test of everything. It's your test of tawakkul, your belief, you know, unabated belief in Allah, your unquestionable belief in his control of everything and that he knows best, as well as um, a test of your marriage. And, um, you know, you chose to marry for the sake of Allah, to make things halal, to... Um, to live on this earth as companions for each other. But how much of that is actually really true? How much of that has been twisted by Western uh, version of what marriage life is and love and, and all of that? Um, at this point, I would recommend a book, Reclaim Your Heart. Um, why I recommend this, you'll hear as we go, um, go along. Um, but I, it's by Yasmin Mujahid. Um, gosh, I really apologize for my neighbor's noise. Like, their yard is like, right by my bedroom window, so I do apologize. Um, hopefully, it is not too disruptive. Um, so, yeah, by the Monday, I went for my second test, and the levels were like 24. So, it doubled and still confused the doctor. And, you know, guys, I've got a really sweet and great doctor. I'm like, everybody loves him. Um, and I actually went to him after my previous doctor was like too cold um, during my process, um, my first IVF process. And I just didn't want to go back to him. No offense to him. I just didn't want to. Um, so, we went to a different doctor. And no matter how sweet he is, he's still a doctor. And you're not going to get the empathy that you want, girls. So, like, don't expect it. If you do have a doctor that has that level of empathy, then, wow, amazing. Like, really great. But um, I didn't get it. And it cheesed me off <laughs> a lot. Um, because I'm grieving you. Like, you're keeping me on a line, like a lynchy, like they say in South Africa and Afrikaans. Um, you're holding me um, on pause while you're telling me to go for continuous blood tests, even though you know I have my period and you know that it is not a pregnancy. So I said, look, I know I'm not pregnant. Why are you making me um, go on this test again? Again, bullious nature coming through here. Sorry about that, doctor. Um, and he was like, look, I know that you're not pregnant, but we have to understand what's happening with this HCG levels, and we need to know um, before we can continue with anything else. Um, and at this point, I wasn't even thinking about what my next steps were. Um, so I started thinking, okay, well, what, what is my next steps? I have two more embryos, um, frozen embryos there. Let's let's do this. Let's go for this. Let's, let's do this. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do the blood test. So during Monday to Wednesday for the third blood test um i still had my period um i was basically surviving work was keeping me busy uh month in huh. 
Um, and, you know, it was our anniversary. It was our 13th anniversary. It was very melancholic. Just very melancholy. Sorry, I am melancholic. Gosh, the grammar is bad today. Um, anyway, uh, it was very melancholy, but it was also very sweet. My husband's very sweet. He spoils me. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. But it doesn't take away from the pain. And I think one of the big realizations for me is that I, I, I actually really don't care about things, about amassing wealth or amassing things. Um, what I do really care about is whether someone is going through this hardship with me and feeling it with me and wanting to feel it with me, wanting to feel this journey with me. That's what I was looking for. And um, I did not necessarily get it. It was a big, very big, challenging time for my husband and I. Alhamdulillah, I believe that Allah Ta'ala will um, help us through this. But um, guys, if you need to see a counselor during this time, please do. I actively see a therapist. Um, your girl got some issues, you know, childhood trauma and all of that um, that she's dealing with. Um, but other than that, it, it, it is also just a great source of dealing with life in general, dealing with a pandemic, dealing with, you know, corporate um, politics. It's, it's, it's just a great source for me um, to recharge. It's an independent um, from my family. It's not a coach. It's not someone that's very familiar with me. Um, uh, it is someone that believes in the same faith as me. Um, this is something that I put down as a requirement for my um, psychologist because I just didn't think that someone that was from another faith would understand, um, you know, some of the anxieties that or some of the challenges that um, I face. This is a personal preference. Please don't judge if you don't think you need um, someone of the same faith. If you think it's actually better to have someone of different faith or of no faith, then by all means, go for it. You do whatever it is that you feel will help with your mental health journey. This is just uh, a tip that I usually suggest to Muslim women and men um, when choosing a, um, a psychologist. In my in my case, I chose a psychologist. Um, I also often tell people, like, if you're not ready for a psychologist, try a coach. It's a very different approach, obviously. Um, a coach and a psychologist and a psychiatrist but uh, it's still getting help so you know whatever it is like in the basics is talking to a friend um the very basics talking to a friend or family and then i would say a coach and then i would say get a psychologist i think psychiatrists usually come in when you have really really hectic mental health issues um and you need to be medicated and stuff like that but you can also be referred to a psychiatrist by a psychologist so um, I like psychology because it deals with the trauma and works through the trauma to get you to the other side. It doesn't rely necessarily on medication unless you really, really need it, unless there's a, um, a chemical imbalance and you really need it. Um, at least that's my understanding. Okay, that being said, Sorry for my language, but it's been a shit show of the week. I am exhausted. I am mentally exhausted. I am physically exhausted because mental exhaustion leads to physical exhaustion, guys. Um, depression leads to extra sleep. And um, even though I'm sleeping like 10 hours a day, I am still tired. So I know that I am currently going through a bout of depression. Uh, my very melancholic uh, temperament, you know, is very wise about these things. 
um, but yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. I've gone through the stages of grief, grief, um, some of the stages of grief at least. I'm not at acceptance yet. I have gone through frustration and anger. I didn't really hit the denial button. Um, I hit the denial button with my husband um, and with God. Um, but when it came to this, I, like, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Where I think I might be in denial is that um, I'm not that affected. Like I felt like I, I went through this phase. I was like, I'm okay. That yeah, you're not okay. Okay. It's, it's flipping hard. It is hard. Um, and as a person of faith, as a Muslim, um, I think it was even harder to try and portray um, what you have learned. You need to put, you need to do and be during times of grief and loss. Um, and then also just feel the feels. Um, so I didn't really allow myself to feel the feels. Um, by the time my birthday hit, however, which was the next Saturday, um, yesterday, <laughs> I um, had I was feeling the feels, and the anger was the biggest feeling that I was feeling at that time. I was angry at my husband. I was when I was I was angry at God for not giving me this. I was angry at myself for being angry at God. I was angry at the fact of other things. I was angry at like challenges in my marriage that hadn't been 100% resolved yet. Like I brought up things. Guys, we were arguing about stuff that had nothing to do with IVF process. <laughs> and and the, why I'm telling you this, because I, I like I said, I wanted to be as honest and, and as raw as possible, but like this is literally what happened. Um, and it's been really hard. It's been really hard to to believe that God loves me. It's it's been really hard to believe that I am loved. Um, this is a big challenge for me. Um, it's one of my traumas that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, just being loved uh, or lovable. Um, coming from a a, fam a divorced family, this is one of my um, challenges that I've grown up with. Um, and in my adult life, it's one of the biggest things that, um, biggest challenges that I face in, whether it's in my personal life or in my work life, um, um, this, this, uh, abandonment issues or, um, unlovable issues, challenges, um, is, it's a big thing. So it, it triggered that a lot this time around. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a solution or the answer of how to get through this. All I know is that I kept on going to my classes. I was late for some of them, but I was there. Um, I'd watch it afterwards um, when I didn't have the strength to watch it while it was live. Um, I did not stop making salah. Did I skip some sunnahs when I the bila I did? Did I miss it on time? the bila I did. Did I feel utterly, completely hopeless? Did I feel like masala is not going to help me? Yeah, I did. I felt all of this. Did I feel great after realizing I was feeling all of this? Hell no. It did not feel great. 
I still don't feel great. I'm currently in a very unhappy place because I'm unhappy with the status of my connection with my Lord. I'm unhappy with just seeing myself being um, so depressed and um, watching myself. Like I think my bullious nature is looking at myself and going, pathetic. And my melancholic nature is just be like, feel the feels, girl, feel the feels. So um, there's an inner fight happening as well. So if you feel this way, then know you're not alone. If you didn't feel this way, and you know, send a girl a shout out as to what you did to help you get through this because I'm struggling. I'm struggling to feel okay. Do I feel like I'm never going to feel okay? Of course not. Um, I got through the first one um, without, you know, I got through the first one and I started feeling better after that and I felt great after that even. Um, I was thinking about what, like, you know, we are taught that with every difficulty, that within every difficulty there is ease. And wallahi, there are so many eases that I have seen in this, like just the people, the souls that have come to me, that have rallied around me, the support that I have gotten. Wallahi, that is um, the most amazing form of ease that Allah Ta'ala could have provided for me. So I'm not blind to that. I'm not blind for my gratefulness. My gratitude journal is still getting filled. Um even while I'm feeling lost. So I think for me, the bottom line is, is that even though I feel lost, even though my salah doesn't feel as great as it usually does, even though I can maybe read a page of Quran and then not go, and not just, just don't feel like continuing, even though um, Netflix binging, comic book reading binging, um, even though I'm doing eating badly, even though I'm doing all of those things, um, I do still see things to be grateful for. And, and and that's important for me, that even in feeling all of this, that I, I still see, I still see Allah. I still see him. I still believe in him. And I am so hopeful that I'm going to get through this. So I was thinking of like, you know, what, what, what did this difficulty bring me? What did my last difficulty bring me? So the last IVF, gosh, <laughs> I was in worse state. I should have actually done podcasts back then so that I could have talked, spoke about how bad it was. But I was, I was really bad. I was lost completely. Um, alhamdulillah, I, I decided to to go on a weight loss journey um, to aid the IVF process. So I lost twenty kilos in last year, twenty twenty, and um, alhamdulillah, um, I'm not a, my my goal weight. Definitely not. I think I still have like ten kilos to lose. But we decided to go with the IVF because I didn't want to wait any longer. Um, it was also getting so close to my to my birthday, um, and I I wanted to. Well, I was hoping for a successful pregnancy. Um, it didn't happen. And now during this challenge, I find that because I've brought so many people along with me on this challenge, um, I've opened myself, I've opened my heart up. The last time I was, I was very alone and isolated. Um, and I, I thought that I needed to be, you know, strong and, and, and you know, get through this and, and, and just tell people about how I survived. Um, this time, not so much, you know, um, beautiful 
beautiful souls that Allah Ta'ala sent to me, beautiful reminders coming from them, beautiful du'as that I know that they are making for me and my husband. Um, and that's the that's the blessing I would say of this of this dark time. Is that they will still be there afterwards when I found myself, when I have found um, when I've overcome my grief, um, they will still be there. And I am so, so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I was sending me them. Um, another thing that I feel that is um, really a blessing in this difficulty right now is I'm learning more about myself. I'm being more accepting of myself. One of the biggest challenges in my adult life has been accepting myself and being and loving myself um, because you know it's a very western concept loving yourself and self-care but to bring it within the islamic context Allah great created you he is our dude he is the most loving so he loves you how can you not love yourself like that is just a concept that i have learned that i am still learning and that i feel that is very important for me to remember during this time and I feel like that's one of the other blessings that I hope that inshallah that through this I will come out loving myself a little bit more and loving Allah a little bit more and being closer to him inshallah. What am I going to do now? I'm going to go meet with my doctor and talk next steps. I've got two more embryos. Um, we shall decide what we do with them. Am I going to give up? No. Is my marriage going to survive this? Allah knows best. You know, I'm doing this for the sake of uh, fulfilling what, you know, my husband's rights of, and, and, and my rights as well. And, you know, fulfilling um, the sunnah of Maryam, salam, fulfilling the sunnah of so many of, of the mothers of the believers. But if I become... Uh, you know, one of those people who do not have kids, then I'll be fulfilling the sunnah of Aisha radiallahu anha. And, you know, hopefully that's enough. Hopefully that's enough to get me into Jannah. Hopefully that's enough to calm my heart. Hopefully that's enough to make me feel like I'm worthy. Hopefully that's enough to make me feel contented. Right now, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I feel like crap. I feel lost. I feel overwhelmed. I really don't know what lies ahead. But I'm going to say Bismillah. And I'm going to try my utmost best to find my way back to him. I hope that you all can keep me in your du'as and your positive thoughts. I'll be keeping you, if any of you are on this journey right now, I'm ready to add that you, that it's successful for you and that you do not have to feel this pain. One last thought before I end this podcast is my husband in all his glory of being a sanguine always needs to see the positive side of things and always needs to see, you know, activate his ingrained islamic belief and he said to me you know it hasn't even been 40 days it wasn't a soul it was just an embryo you can imagine how long that argument lasted after that but anyway not to talk out of our house but 
don't do this to yourself. Don't tell, try to tell yourself that it wasn't 40 days, there wasn't a soul. Allah Ta'ala says that I have formed you from alak, a clot of blood. That embryo was my egg, my husband's sperm. It was a clot of blood, essentially. It was something that Allah Ta'ala allowed to be created. It was something that Allah Ta'ala allowed to attach itself to my cervix, and then it detached itself. It was his creation. It cannot be seen as lesser than. It was creation nonetheless. It didn't fulfill or finish its creation journey, whatever you want to call it. It didn't get there. And that's the sadness in it, because it could have been a life. And that's what, that's what hurt so much for me, because there was a possibility. Part of me is very grateful that I got the opportunity to even have a day, a moment of attachment to this embryo. It might not have gotten a soul. It might not have been something more than a clot of blood, but it was my clot of blood. It was mine that Allah Ta'ala created for me, for us. And I will grieve it. I will grieve this clot of blood. And I pray that my grief and my anguish that I am feeling and my striving that I am feeling right now, that Allah sees it and that he grants me closeness to him. He grants me elevation out of the mess, out of the darkness. Inshallah, Amin. I wish you well. Until next time, inshallah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.